Hello everybody and welcome back to Eyes of the Mize. My name is John and finally, back from the desert, it's Ian. Now, to be fair, that's California desert and not like Amonkhet because, you know, magic's just a game. But, yes, I'm back. After what, a month away, basically? Uh, more than a month. Uh, from, yeah. From, from the day that I left, uh, way back, in, it was like August 19th. I think I was gone for like 40 days. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. It wasn't bad, though. Um, so kind of just brief aside what I did. Uh, I went to NTC, which is the National Training Center, uh, which is in California at Fort Irwin. It is a place where Army goes to train uh, in desert environments for like, combat. So you go out. Basically, I was gone for four days, but I was only actually out doing the actual testing stuff for 10 days. And then you do a couple days of a live fire exercise. And so it was like two weeks out in the field. But it was interesting i could go on but it was fun but also <laughs> not go. but also not fun like no shower for two <laughs> weeks in the desert kind of fun. yeah that's probably not that first shower probably felt amazing it was not bad <laughs> all right anyways this is episode 67 back in the dino saddle again hopefully because Huatli's a dinosaur rider and there's dinosaurs in Ixalan and dinosaurs are cool god damn it Fun, fun thing though, like I, it's kind of funny. Like when I left, it was still Hour of Devastation. And then when I came back, it was literally pre-release weekend. <laughs> Actually, no, I missed pre-release weekend. It was release weekend. Yeah. So like I left the desert and and came back to Dinos. Exactly like Jace did, except Jace lost his mind. I, I kind of didn't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Now we're good. But yeah. But speaking of my wife, Jace. Anyways. Yeah. Story's yeah. great. Yeah, the new story, I've been catching up on what I can. It's pretty darn good. I didn't read today's, but can, today's I just say, good. can I just say that I love the new take we got on Vraska? She's great. Yeah, I mean, Vraska hadn't had a lot of characterization anyways prior to this block. Um, like, she was in, like, two stories, basically. For Ravnica, yeah, but... yeah. So I'm liking the new. I'm liking how Vraska is being portrayed. How she's very she's very different green black than say how Garrick is right now. Uh, and also Mind Wipe Jace is he's more endearing and people actually like him now, which is kind of bizarre because everyone used to hate Jace and now everyone's like eh, he's okay now. Well, it's like well I guess before like prior to Mind Wiping, you know Jace was kind of like even and if you read the story like even Vraska dresses it like this is not like the snotty kind of know-it-all that I used to know. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, also, Jace being an illusionist is fun. So I, I like him focusing on his illusion talents as opposed to his, you know, mind-reading and mind-melding telepath talents. Well, it also helps when Faraska's kind of guiding him in that direction. It's like, I don't yeah. want him to start picking people's minds. Hey, he does illusions. Let's do that. <laughs> I will say that the story uh, from last, or not last week, I think the week before, um... It was one of those two where um, Jace was like, hey, Vraska, can I read minds? <laughs> she's like, she just kind of like stopped. It's, it's like, like uh, yeah, you can. Uh, yeah, you can. Crap. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Magic Story is great. Um, this week's story is pretty good. It's kind of starting to lead up to kind of the big conflict, which is fun. Um, but the other thing that's going on right now in the eyes of the community happening either right now or soon to be closing up right now because it, it's, it's uh, still going on. Yeah, right is the first Loading Ready Run standard scuffle where um, three members of Loading Ready Run and Kenji Igashira, a.k.a. Numat the Nummy, uh, 
decided to play standard decks against one another. This uh, this is sponsored by Wizards of the Coast, and each one of them took a different uh, Ixalan tribe and was battling. Well, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I believe the decks were created crafted by people in R&D. I wouldn't be surprised. I th- so I'm pretty sure that's what I... I don't know. I came in late. It started at 4 p.m. my time, and it's 7 p.m. now. I was still at work. But I'm pretty sure that's what was going on with it. And even so, it's still kind of cool. Uh, Kenji was on uh, Naya Dinos. Uh, ben was on uh, White Black Vampires. Cam was on... He was on Merfolk. He was on Blue Green Merfolk, and Kathleen was on Blueback Pirates. So... Yep. As is, as is all is right in the world. Yeah, so go watch the VOD on their Twitch channel or just stay tuned to Loading Read Run YouTube channel and wait for it to come out. If I don't think the link's going to be up for the YouTube. So Not by the time least, we publish. We but... might have the Twitch VOD link in the comments below, so check that out. Exactly. So now let's talk about many of the things that have happened since Ian left. Um, Ixalan. And let's, Ixalan's out. Ixalan has been released. It's been in standard. Um You've done a few uh, sealed events. I've judged a whole pre-release, and I've done a few drafts. Uh, initial thoughts? Uh, I've only done the one league, but let me just tell you what. It is an absolute hell of a thing facing up an opponent with five fire cannon blasts in one deck. Yeah, that was in, kind of absurd. In sealed? Now, it's not as bad. Like, so recently, like online, there's been like a deck list going around. They had four of the, uh, the five-mana, five-five trample haste dino the uncommon one or is yeah, it five four? a charging monster sword yeah four of them in a sealed pool and it went obviously nine oh in a online ppt uh, i think online ptq or pptq yeah. either way and then they had like three of the territorial uh the uh, hammer skulls yeah hammer skulls in there and it's like what the heck like i want that kind of look yeah um i got past that on monday on the monday draft i did um just slam it in the deck. Just get in. I well, I, I pack my pick one to Imperial Aerosaur, and then I got past the Monster Sore, and I'm like, oh, I mean, this is the best card in the pack, so I'm just gonna take it. And then White wasn't open, but Red was, so <laughs> Monster Sore definitely got in there and dealt a lot of damage. Oh yeah, that it just seems like a good card. Like, I, I unfortunately, and this is something we might actually kind of preview to next week. Uh, probably gonna be talking about how to get back into the game after taking a break, be it a two and a half week or two month break or a couple year break. Um, John, I'll go over, I guess our experiences from getting back into the game after, for me, it was like 13 years. And then I just took like, you know, the month and a half for work and stuff like that. Plus technically I could say like most of this year has been an off time because of all the training that I've been in. Yeah. So how to get back in the game, but yeah. Yeah. But Exxon's fun. Um, the pros don't seem to like it, which is understandable. The, but the, the limited format? Yeah, the limited format. I know it hasn't also, speaking of Kenji, it has not been treating him very well either. Yeah, it's, it's, it's different, but I think we can talk about that at a later date because the other thing that happened this past weekend was the world championships happening based literally like two weeks after the set's release, which is kind of new or like a week after the set's release, which is new for the for you know, like having a big professional level tournament like this soon after the set's release. There's not a lot of ground tread as far as standard, not a lot of time to test, like even less time to test limited than for the Pro Tour. But there are 24 people who descended on Boston from all over the world. Um, and for limited, 
They did six rounds of limited, and then they did six rounds of standard. No, they would have done eight Seven. rounds of standard because yeah, six and eight. It, yeah, it was six and eight. Six and eight. Yeah, it's fourteen rounds. And yes, fourteen rounds. And the to- of the twenty-four players, ten of them played teamer or four-color energy. Um, nine of them played Romanop Red or the one person who was on Treasure Red, which was a fun little brew. It had and then it five. Had, that one had Lannery, Captain Lannery Storm in it, basically, yeah. and the other. Monkey. Wily Goblin. Yeah, that's it, the Goblin. Yeah. Yes. And then the other five were on blue-black control. Uh, one of those five was Shota, who was on Grixis control. Yeah, Shota's just like, apparently Shota, again, doesn't test the format. It's like, I'm just going to play Grixis control and, and does well because yeah. it's, it's Shota. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He's he's a master. He's in the Hall of Fame for a reason. Yes. Um, so the big kind of surprise from the event was the success of the blue-black control decks because despite being you know, heavily outnumbered by the red decks or the energy decks, the top four, because cutting to top eight in a 24-person tournament is kind of weird, uh, had two blue-black control decks. Uh, one was piloted by um, Josh Hardelayton, and the other one was by Kelvin Chu. One Ramanop red deck, which was, um, I think I put his name down wrong. Javier, in Javier, the, Javier Dominguez. It was Javier? Okay. I wanted to make sure I didn't, like, accidentally, like, put the wrong name down. No, no, you got um, and one Teamer Energy deck by Huey Jensen, who started the tournament going 12-0. Yeah, the hometown hero, base, like, he, during the event, he was actually saying, like, this feels really familiar. And, like, he talked to his parents who were there, and it's like, apparently, like, his grandfather or something owned the building across the street from mm. where Worlds was being held. <laughs> so he's, like, like literally hometown kind of thing right there. Yeah. Like, it's his, it was his, his neighborhood. Um, yeah. But he was... Like from with the other guys in the Peach Garden Oath, you know, uh, Reed Duke and Owen Turner, what we're saying during interviews during it is like they've never seen Huey prepare as much as he has for this tournament. And it showed he was just yeah. finding lines with his decks that were just like mind bogglingly good. If you get a chance to go watch some of his rounds and matches on camera, do it. It's yeah, especially if you like the Teamer Energy deck. Now they played straight Teamer. Now we said four color because well, didn't. Did Reed or Owen splash black for Scarab God? I thought I one of them did. Don't remember. It might have been. But anyways, uh, they were playing might, the the Team it, Energy deck. If it was anyone, it was Owen because I'm looking at Reed's list and he doesn't have it. Like I think Reed yeah. and um, Reed and Huey. Yeah, Reed played, and Huey were just on straight Teamer. They didn't splash black. Yeah, they played the identical seventy five. Um, but still, it's a good deck. I dude, I love the blue black control. We're gonna talk about this kind of yeah. leading into what we're gonna talk about next, but. Seriously though, Huey just crushed it this like past weekend, and I am and kind of spoiler alert. Huey ended up winning the whole thing. Uh, the finals were between Huey and Javier Dominguez on Ramanop Red. Uh, Huey won in four games. Uh, Javier, uh, I think he swept his semifinal, didn't he, against uh, Josh Ardleton? Yeah, he he just yeah. destroyed Josh with that one. So Blue Black Control, really interesting deck. We'll talk about it when we talk about standard right after this. Like the current state of, thereof, um, but yeah, it's got play. Unlike blue red control, um, blue red control yeah. has mostly fallen off of the map. The damage based um, removal at a red just does not match up with the black based. Yeah, so yeah, we can just go ahead and segue into what Ixalan standard looks like because we lost battle for Zendikar finally, and we lost shadows over Innistrad semi finally. Uh, 
semi-finally. This was this was when it was leaving anyway, so that's not a surprise. Yeah. And so now we have kind of these three main decks, which we're unsurprised to see. Like Teamer Energy didn't lose a whole a whole bunch, and Glorybringer's still a very good card. Um, the Ramanop Red decks still have kind of most of their tools, and Ixalan gives them a few places to kind of improve or you know swap them swap some things out and then kind of the big gainer was or the big question was what is the control deck going to look like because every format basically has its you know quote control list and we've seen blue white approach being pretty popular towards the end of the hour devastation season uh and still be pretty popular here in the current set season thanks to settle the wreckage but it turns out that blue black control was the choice of the pros because if the dino deck shows up which there are a lot of dinosaur decks out there. Enrage is a very difficult keyword or a diff- very difficult ability to deal with if you're, say, in blue-red control or even in blue-white control. Yeah. Just and just a straight-up removal is just, like, you need solid answers with this format. Like, you can't be like, oh, I'm just going to do this because all of a sudden your magma spray when going up against an X3 just looks bad. Yeah, also, um, I'm pretty sure that Vraska's Contempt is a little bit better than uh, than Cast Out. Vraska's Contempt is really good. Yeah, it is. It's real good. Um, it's definitely... It's definitely not as good as Hero's Downfall. I... I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, Hero's Downfall obviously is kind of the the poster child for this effect right so you, as of right now. So you're you're being basically three mana. Three, yeah, one in the one and two, one black black for exile target creature or planeswalker. Well, this, destroy target creature, or destroy target creature or planeswalker. Yeah, this is just exile. Yes, which is in the current state of affairs better. But you're also well, yeah with but you're paying more you're paying one mana more for exile instead of destroy and you're also gaining two life out of it too which is yeah I think that the one mana more does make Vraska's contempt different from Hero's Downfall yeah but it's one of those like you can't just have it on three to get rid of their lower mana answer granted it's good against you know Hazard and it's great against the gods it's great against Scarab God in the mirror because Scarab God is now a forty dollar card you know <laughs> forty dollar. Yeah, dude, what's it at now? It's forty bucks. Yeah, I was, like, I, I was thinking. I was thinking online prices, which are like seven, eight dollars more, which is ridiculous. Yeah, no, it. That that's that's another topic we can get into later. Well, yeah, um, John, John, well, John and I were talking about it before. I'm like, man, I really want to play Blue Black Control, but it's like a hundred. From what I have, it's 120 tickets for that. But of that, only 35 tickets of that are cards other than Scarab God. For the two copies that I would play, <laughs> it it's like 91 tickets. It's insane. Yeah, I could I could basically buy the rest of the Peach Garden Oath deck for Teamer Energy that from what I have off of my old red green pummeler energy decks yeah. for way less than that. So yeah, but standard is by no means solved at this point. Uh, the the week one SCG Open had was won by Soltai Energy featuring Hostage Taker uh, being some of the new hotness. Oh, that card and that card shot up in value as soon as everyone's like, "Hey, Hostage Taker is a pretty good card." Funnily enough. Zero copies of Hosh's Taker at the at Worlds. Zero. Yeah. Uh, also on Magic Online, there's a bunch of people who are having fun with uh, green-black based, or white-black, excuse me, not green-black, white-black based token decks, either Abzan playing Vraska or Esper to add in some of the blue cards, um, and are kind of breaking Magic Online by making too many tokens. Yeah, like, 
there are people taking screenshots like i think i broke this where it's like they have 285 life because they're using anointer priest like sacred cat anointed procession and hidden stockpile and it's yep. just disgusting yeah makes me think that the great they're gonna favor green so that they can then play either vraska or overcome because you need ways of killing your opponent when if you're in the mirror match specifically well, what's funny too is like the decks we like gain all these creatures and tokens and stuff like that, and then you just fumigate on itself, and you yeah. fumigate just to be like, okay, I gained like three hundred life because I just killed six hundred creatures, like three hundred creatures, all my creatures and all of your creatures. Yeah. Oh, and then by the way, next turn I just make another eighty. <laughs> yeah. Or at the or at my instep because you played on your turn you just, with hidden stockpile out and yeah, it's Blech. it's kind of silly. Um, Zach Elsick took down a SG Classic with Grixis Tesserator, which is also a fun little deck. Yeah, basically, that's one of the, like, Tesserator decks are, like, Tesserator is the name, for those who aren't familiar with the term, are, it's the nickname given to any deck playing a Tesseret Planeswalker, being Tesseret, uh, the current one, the Schemer, or Tesseret Agent of Bolas, or Tesseret the Seeker, where it looks to create and animate a bunch of cheap artifacts and make them into dudes that can then just bash face. It's kind of like a controlish deck. Yeah. Uh, Grixis Tesserator right now in standard gets to play Herald of Anguish, which is a really hard card to deal with uh, for some decks. It's a four of. <laughs> yeah. And, and I remember yeah. that has improvised, so if you have enough cheap artifacts out, you could just basically cast it for black black. Yeah. Five five flyer. It's gross. Yeah, make your make those Traveler's Amulets playable in standard. Oh, it's disgusting. But oh, and then yeah, there's dinos. They're mostly red green. Uh, yeah, I haven't really seen any Naya dino lists around, but I don't well, know I mean, if it's worth it. I don't know. It depends on whether or not you want to. How quickly you can land a Gishath. Also got Hwatili. So also got Hwatli as well. Hwatli, as well. Yeah. So Ian, knowing basically what you know about the format, since we're still very new in it, what would you play? Uh. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of just mentioned it already. Basically, I would love to just, if cost was on issue, I would love slamming blue-black control. Um, I've found that I've become a huge fan of control decks and standard over the last couple of years. Don't know why, but here I am. It's my jam, and I'm back on it again. Uh, yeah. However, the energy deck is just stupid powerful and stupid fun-looking. Like Nothing like gaining like 12 energy and then dumping into a bunch of your uh, bristling hydra and making it bash face for a hundred or mm-hmm. whatever plus the value of long tusk cub it's it's a literal mythic uncommon i mean it was when it was in kaladesh limited so it's no it's it was a mythic uncommon in kaladesh limited it's still a mythic uncommon in standard like yeah I, one of the games I f- it was one of huey's games he stuck it on turn two and by turn six his opponent was dead because it's swinging mm-hmm. for three on turn three Four on turn four, five on turn five, six on turn six, and that's basically dead with other spells. And he had all the protection in the world to like clear out a path for it, make sure it got in, and the opponent was just like drawing dead on it. And it was stupid how good it was. Yep, it's a real good card. Because remember, it feeds itself when if you can connect with it. <laughs> yep, it's, it's a, real good. It's a hungry little fella. He just wants to get big like his papa. Guess what? But no, the it, teamer energy, like, just the, the straight-up teamer, like, I may have joked about it. I'm like, man, it's funny that, like, back in Khan's 
standard. I wanted nothing more than Teamer to be relevant and Teamer to be good because I love Knuckle, uh, Knuckle, Big Knucks. Uh, Savage Knuckle Blade. Yeah, yeah, Savage Knuckle Blade. And I was like, that's funny. The only thing it took for Teamer to be good was for Cons to rotate. Basically. <laughs> yeah. Basically. So, but yeah, Blue Black Control or Teamer Energy. I know it's this the main ones, but it's just what's drawing my attention. Um, the the token decks look hilarious. We didn't even mention Blue White Control, but that deck just, I don't know. It's just looking to play Approach's Second Son. That's all it's trying to do. <laughs> and I'm like, that's your win con? All right. You I have- mean, look, I've won, I've won Commander games with Approach of the Second Son. Let me tell you. <laughs> Dude, that's savage. It, it was very savage. Like, I'm actually considering now putting that into my EDH deck. That's why. <laughs> just because <laughs> I cast this. What? Mana Tithe. What? <laughs> no one expects Mana yeah. Tithe. No one ever expects the mana type. Anyway, but yeah, so that's definitely where I'm at right now. Blue Eye Control, Team Energy. Probably need Team just because of money reasons. And John, so what about you? Uh, look, I didn't I didn't break out my Theros Lightning Strikes to aim them at creatures, okay? They're going to the dome. I'm playing Mono Red, and no one can stop me. You savage. Look, there's nothing better in Magic than taking my dudes and turning them sideways. I'll give you that one. <laughs> the but- face is the place. I got, I gotta say though, like I am so happy that Lightning Strike is back in standard. I am too. It it was very it was mis- it was very needed. Yes, it's kind of weird that like Mono Red is one of the best decks in standard, and they give Mono Red another really good tool. But I think that it's still just a really good thing to have just in general. So, oh yeah, it's because it, well, especially since uh, what rotated out. Uh, incendiary flow, sorcery speed, deal three damage, and exile it. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. essentially the same thing, but no, it isn't. I look. I said essentially. All right. No, yeah. It it instant speed is just so much better. Oh God, yeah, and yes, I will. Oh, and I also got to say, I'm happy that lightning strike and spell pierce are in standard right now. Like that just has my mind blown. I'm like, what? The if, heck if you want to play this? both. If you want to play both, I highly recommend watching uh, Saffron Olive's most recent uh, Budget Magic oh, the mir- of Teamer Miracle Grow. <laughs> oh, I heard that deck was hilarious. <laughs> it's really funny. I've, I'm, I've thought about it. I've thought about it. But anyways. So what's – all right. So quick quick thing. Since we mentioned it, what is Miracle Grow usually? Like it's a, it's an old school deck for- – archetype yeah it's an old school deck archetype that was built around query and dryad which is a one in the green one one that whenever you cast a a non-green spell you put a plus a plus a counter on it so the miracle grow decks are decks that play a cheap a, a cheap maybe under costed creature like query and dryad or in this case deep root champion uh and then you play a bunch of spells to make your weaken nibbly creature really big and then you tempo them out of the game it plays very very much in like a delver style where you play a threat and you protect it and kill your opponent's threats and tempo them out and kill them. And so the Team of Miracle Grow deck that's, that Seth put together has the Deep Root Champions, one in a green, one one with kind of like perma prowess, where whenever you cast a non-creature spell, put a plus plus one counter on it. Um, Enigma Drake, which was the uncommon from Amonkhet, the one blue-red 4 flyer that has, Star power t- that has power equal to the number of uh, instant sorceries in your graveyard. This, this deck is running 29 of those, by the way. Yeah, and it also has uh, Cryptic Snake, which is 5 blue-blue for a 6-5 that costs one less for each instant or sorcerer in your graveyard. And then you play Shock, Lightning Strike, Spell Pierce, Attune with Ether, because you're playing a Teamer deck. Um, and just all these other interactive bits, Opt, 
to, again, play your thing early and tempo your opponent out of the game. Yeah, I saw one of those builds. I think it was like, it was playing, it had, what's it called, Riddle Form? <laughs> yeah. In the deck? Yeah. I think I think the updated ones don't have it in there, but... Yeah. Yeah. Kind of crazy. It, But it just looks stupid fun. Yeah, if you want to have fun at FNM, I would recommend that one. I mean, and it's not like a bad deck either. It's It has play. Yeah. But so, there's a lot of things to do in Standard Deck now, and I'm... I'm absolutely happy granted we only are like a couple weeks into the like the set being out and obviously we're going to hit a rut but i do like that we're not getting a cemented um meta like we used to by i think having... it also helps that the pro tour isn't in its usual slot like the that's pro tour is much later than usual that's exactly where i was going with it like it's not cement we don't get the cemented like okay these are the best decks in the format thanks to a pro tour and pros trying to break the format hardcore like putting a world or something like that and then now remember the pro tour is not until uh november 3rd and this or the weekend of third fourth and fifth which is still three, three weeks, weeks away. away so there's still plenty of time for people to, like see what other decks are out there tweak some stuff we might see that hasha taker is a great card or it's just not that great yeah, there's going to be a standard GP in between there that I think people are going to bust the, bust the tech out for, and there's not really anything to hide anymore. No, yeah, and that's the great part, is that like we're going to see these possible spikes in terms of card values jumping already happened. With yeah. um, There's actually a really good article, I forget who wrote it the other day, talking about, oh, it was, oh God, I can't remember who wrote it, but it was talking about this the price spikes and how mm. already like everything is basically spiked that should spike for Ixalan. Yeah. Um, and don't buy into some of the pre-release cards. Cause a lot of the cards that are, if you bought some of the more expensive cards, um, during before it was released or pre-ordering, you'd be out money right now. Cause a yeah. lot of them dropped planeswalkers, especially both planeswalkers have dropped a ton. Even three mana Jace is like not even played right now. Well, I said it in the, in the Ixalan kind of mini set review, three mana planeswalkers always see play. We had, always i'm just but, saying he hasn't seen play yet we don't know he hasn't seen play yet that is true oh and he also thing, has another two years to exist in standard so yeah exactly and i'm not worried one thing i think that needs to be mentioned is holy crap energy is such a parasitic um what's it i called? mean yes it's a parasitic mechanic we it's kind of obvious that it is um, but it's but, even more blatantly obvious when the Teamer Energy deck looks relatively unchanged from its prior thing, where it, all it added was a couple of the new counter spells, and that's yeah. it. Like its creature base, the exact same as it was before. The only thing we get out of this in terms of the spell base is I've seen one or two decks that play one spell pierce in the main, and other than that, literally Rootbound Crag is the only new card in the main deck. Yeah. That's and yes, we're we're aware of the meme of uh, how standard is basically Kaladesh block, Amonkhet block, and then the Buddy lands and Lightning Strike and Opt and nothing. Not even Opt, dude. Opt or search for his Kanta. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> search for his Kanta. It's like just even looking at the sideboard for this deck. There's literally nothing. Yeah. No. It's yeah. It's literally just in the Peach Garn Oath deck. It was literally just four Rootbound Crag. That's it. Yep. Like, that's yep. insane. Yeah. But I think it was kind of obvious that Ixalan's a little powered down. Um, I mean, and kind of to fit the thing of, the, like, how parasitic certain things is, 
Uh, according to Mark Rosewater, they didn't know that this was going to be a tribal set until later in design. And it was too late to kind of see to like precede in tribes, which is why when you look at standard right now, there are two vampires who aren't from Ixalan, Yehenny and Gifted Etherborn, and there is two pirates not from uh, Ixalan, Karizev and Skyship Plunderer. Yeah, so and I was actually kind of mentioning this like dinos aren't going to get good until next set. Or pirates, for that matter. Or merfolk, actually. There's, like, no merfolk in the previous two blocks at all. Yeah, like, not at all. But the the work, the work structure is there. So hopefully if they're able to, like, still flush out, you, you still might yet get a really good um, standard-worthy tribal set, like, harking back to the fairies days. Yeah. Um, honestly, also, I, think, I think, honestly, that the dino decks will be fine after yeah. they're they're okay now but they're going to get better because you're going to have more cards available of the tribal stuff in i don't know what the heck the next name rivals of rivals Ixalan. of Ixalan. yeah also dominaria is the set after rivals and we know there's vampires and merfolk <laughs> on dominaria and there might be pirates on dominaria but i mean ramirez di pietro he may be alive we don't know um <laughs> But I'm just giving an example of one that basically was. Yeah, exactly. Um, moving on, a product that was semi-announced today. We knew about it, but we kind of saw the first images of it. Is Explorers of Ixalan, um, which kind of is piggybacking off of what Arch Enemy kind of did for Amonkhet block, well, where you had the Nicobolus deck, and then you had the Chandra deck, and the Gideon and Nissa deck, or whatever. Uh, but this is kind of a MTG board game. Where you get four decks based off of the four tries of Ixalan, Vampires, Merfolk, Dinos, and Pirates. Uh, each of them with their own game plan, which kind of fit the tribes and what they do in Limited anyways. Like, the Vampires are lifelink and flying. The Merfolk are kind of, like, prowessy and plus plus counters-y. Uh, the Dinos are beat face, and the Pirates are kind of, like, tricksy, tempo-y kind of stuff. But it is accompanied with uh, hexes. Um, and I say hexes because they are literally hexagons. And you're going to place them and make an island, and there's like a shoreline, and all the hexes have mana costs on one side, and when you pay the mana cost, you flip it, and you get a effect, or there's a quest, or whatever, and you try to find the Golden City of Araska, and you play with two to four people. Yeah, and what's really cool about this is it's MSRP is $65, uh, available November 24th, so right in time for the holidays, good work, Wizards. Yep. It's actually got some pretty spicy reprints in it. Which like, is unexpected. Like, for me, like, I didn't expect reprints in Explorers of Ixalan. Like, we, we knew it was going to be, like, a Magic the Gathering board game because that's kind of how they kind of marketed it. But you literally are playing Magic with a board, and then they were like, oh, yeah, by the way, here are some reprints you might like. Yeah, like Shared Animosity, which is a $20 card. Time Warp, which is a $20 card. Aggravated Assault, which is a $15 card. Quicksilver Amulet, which is an $8 card. Threads of Disloyalty, $6. Like, you're getting, like, almost the MSR, MSRP of the set right there in those cards I mentioned. Granted, the, you know, of course, the caveat of, hey, look, the reprint prices might drop. Um, but, you know, people like the old art and stuff like that. But, hey, more cards are available to more people. Plus, I don't know yep. how Quicksilver Amulet got to be an $8 card. It's insane. Uh, Commander. I know it is, but come on, man. <laughs> Uh, also, Blatant Thievery, Day of Judgment, Beacon of Immortality, uh, a lot of other fun reprints uh, for these decks. 
Uh, also, shared animosity is uh, $20 because A, Commander, and B, Modern Goblins. Not the 8-whack variety or the uh, the other ones, but I was, it's really good with goblins. I was wondering where that came from. Yeah. Like, because yeah. I saw one of my buddies, he had like, he's like, yeah, these cards are just one sitting in my collection. I'm like, I'm flipping through it. I think I noticed like two foil ones of it the other day. And yeah. I'm like, that's $100 right there. Yeah. <laughs> Between the two Shared, of them. Shared animosity is sweet. It's like, oh, shared animosity, for those who don't know, is, oh, I just had it and lost it. It's two and a red for a enchantment. Uh, it says whenever a creature you control attacks, it gets plus one, plus one for each other creature you control that shares a creature type with it. Yeah, so it's if it's a goblin, then you're attacking with multiple goblins, and then you know, and then all your goblins get huge. Yeah, so I think it was printed. It was printed in unsurprisingly Lorwyn. Yeah, it's in I believe the Sun Empire deck, which I, think uh, is I believe be. there's a video. We'll put a link to it in the in the description. Yeah, um, I think Shared Animosity is in the Dino deck. Yeah. There's basically four. There's four. Yeah, I would say it's either that or the the pirate decks. So each one is the four groupings in Ixalan, the four decks. One's based around Legion of Dusk, so your vampire yep. deck. The Sun Empire, yep. which is going to be your Dino deck. River Heralds, which is your Merfolk, and the uh, Brazen Coalition, which is your pirates. So yep, be prepared to see all of the various standard, uh, or not standard, the tribes from the current set. Represented in this team, which I think is pretty cool. Like, I also, I don't yeah, know I also, how well they'll be able to replicate this in other sets because of the way that they have four groupings like this. It just kind of worked out very well. But yeah, I think Ixalan kind of um, benefited from this, and Explorers of Ixalan is an amazing tie-in. I don't know what the like dev time was to make Explorers of Ixalan, but I think that it's ex- the the perfect ancillary product. I would agree. It looked pretty darn good. Yep. I might just pick uh, it up just to have fun and play around with it at Christmas time. Exactly. Uh, right after, right before, or right after Thanksgiving. I don't remember, I actually don't know when Thanksgiving is this year. I'll have to look at a calendar and decide. Uh, but Thanksgiving, anyways. Thanksgiving, it's, it's literally the day, it's Black Friday. It comes out Black Friday. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes. Um, have fun. So I'm waiting in like two weeks to get it. Yeah, um, wait, wait till the first week of December. Exactly. But uh, the other thing that was kind of the big thing was we finally got to see Magic the Gathering Arena. And it's a replacement for Magic Duels. It is, from what we've heard, supposed to be free-to-play Magic that is true to the Magic experience. And the closed beta is starting soon for PC only right now, yeah, and they haven't, I believe. They haven't announced anything in regards to... Um, actual whether or not it will come to like ios or android or um the apple place app the app store the apple app store google play i was i was combining the two whether it's going to come to uh mobile os or not which honestly it needs to i mean it does like it absolutely needs to um but remember they are but people people always like when i said oh what the heck is this everyone remind was quick to remind me when i mentioned it when it first announced it was pc only it's like remember hearthstone was pc only when it started as well it did eventually get mac os during the beta i recall yeah but it's still but, one of those like it, the very initial build of it is still going to be you know that. yeah however uh, also it showed it showed alpha footage of it and ouch <laughs> yeah i didn't look i didn't see the stream today i haven't had a chance to look at it um i'll uh 
I'll fire you a link real quick. But yeah, it, right. it's no. But I'll do it right where we talk. So I'll talk and stuff like that while I'll send John a link so he can look at it and then you'll get his reaction in real time from some of these pictures. <laughs> Lo- Lovely taken by Jeremy Knoll of uh, SCG. Uh, yeah, I mean, I imagine that the I, I'm guessing that the ones that we saw from the worlds and from kind of the um, the first stream were kind of uh, late alpha. Well, they, we knew that they were early alpha, but we, I imagine that they were also kind of souped up because you could. Yeah, this does. This does not look like the footage that was previously streamed. No, yeah, um, no, they, they they were showing like the, this was from the developer live stream with Chris Clay, who's the game director. Yeah. Uh, who is also with Nate Price, the community manager, and they were showing a lot of iterations of the game, like some other things, like I see some screenshots from people. Okay, yeah, so some of them, it. yeah, the early, early alpha stuff looks really rough, but it also, but I think it's supposed to look basic. Yeah, so they've tried, so they were trying, they were saying they tried like a 45-degree tap on the, uh, on how the cards yeah. look. how are people getting tilted over the fact that the cards only, t- t- only tap like 20 degrees or 30 degrees or whatever? Dude, I don't even know, because, all right, so the, the main issue is that people are getting bent out of shape because if you look at some of these screenshots and they exist out there, they were showing what happens when you have a board state at 45 degree angle, and it looks yeah. okay, but a lot of the cards are overlapping. Then they showed a 90 degree tap, which... Yeah, I'm looking at those now. Literally, every, like, and even what they said during the developer stream is everyone on the team hated the 90 degree tap look on this interface um now for those who aren't looking at the pictures of it because we'll we'll just kind of walk through it if you've played hearthstone and if you've played eternal just imagine them kind of kit bashed together and then magic cards but yeah they had to shrink down you don't you literally don't see the rules like the rule text box it's literally just the art box with the frame above and below it and then when you highlight it it will show the full amount of the card which I think is smart to conserve space, especially for mobile OSs. Right, and you won't even, you don't even see the the converted mana cost on these smaller boxes necessarily yeah. until you look at them. So, and tokens have a completely different design shape. They actually have like the rounded top on it, so it looks absolutely different from it. However, they showed what a complex board state looks like with its slight, I would say maybe ten degree tilt to it. I think they did like a ten degree tap, but they graded out. And put the tap symbol on yep. it, which looks okay to me, because they also showed the complicated, the same complicated board state with the ninety degree tap, and it looks like a mess. Yeah, uh, I do agree because in in uh, in paper, because the cards are rectangular, uh, you can get away with that. But here, where the cards are essentially square, they're not actually squares. But yeah, I think I agree with their their assessment of slight tap gray out now remember this is some alpha and beta footage of the things we're not even going to be able to tell if it's exactly what the actual thing is however i do appreciate that they already off the bat was like look we tried it this way we tried it this way this is what it looks like you be the judge we don't like it we don't think it looked proper this way yeah. So I will say that the 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 final picture in Jeremy's tweet thread of the full tap with more space between them works, but also these are versions of the cards where you can actually see the text box. That said, this is the complicated board state, and you can't read the text boxes with at this distance. So I think I agree with initially. I again I haven't played. I think I agree with their um, their like twenty to thirty degree tap. Yeah, I'm gonna just reserve judgment and let them you know. Yeah. 
Let the alpha testers figure it out. Yeah, and beta testers and stuff like beta that. Testers, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. But I'm kind of excited to look into that. It, it should be pretty fun. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping to get a beta slot. I don't have the priority access because, unfortunately, like I mentioned, I missed the pre-release. And I also missed the first week of Ixalan on yeah. Magic Online. Which, by the way, if you went to a pre-release event and you submit your and go sign up for the beta and you link your uh dci your number dci number or also your magic online account id to your uh what's it called dci number you and you played in the first week of ixalan on magic online you are possibly able to get granted priority beta access yeah um, also, this is closed beta, so don't expect to see anything on social media about people except maybe saying, hey, I'm in the closed beta, because they'll be under an NDA, and they won't be able to say anything. Also, if you see people taking screenshots and posting them on social media, they are wrong and can get kicked out of the beta. Plus, also, don't expect to see any streaming until next year, because yeah. apparently, because what they have already have told us before even today was that they were uh, going to lift the NDA for streaming early in 2018. Yep. Uh, and also the other, we don't know any economy questions yet because in any, in any free-to-play game, which Magic Arena appears to be, um, there there is there's basically a way to build your deck without paying money or you can like spend real dollars to get in-game currency to buy packs and then if it follows kind of the Hearthstone Eternal system, you can then destroy your extras or destroy your cards to then build up enough of the in-game currency to craft new cards. It's a whole thing, and it, re- it requires a whole another a whole another episode. Shard them, dust them, whatever you want to call it. It's, whatever it is. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I, I'm almost positive they're going to have some form of that in one way, shape, or another. Um, yeah. It'll be an interesting experience uh once john and i are able to talk about it we absolutely will because this is one of the key centerpieces to their new um magic digital next uh rollout uh, which at this point we are now looking at its multiple products kind of thing yeah and then also remember this is not a magic online replacement this is not a new magic online client this is a different client um, I am intrigued to see what happens. I mean, there have been statements for both Magic Arena and Magic Online about how they're trying to, you know, make sure that both sides get what they want. But it's look, people might there might be people who aren't happy if they try to play Magic Arena and they can't play Commander or they can't play Modern or they can't play Legacy or whatever. But it's we'll look, see. It's, it's a brand new. It's literally being, an alpha still. It's brand new, being built from the ground up ecosystem. Like Magic Online didn't get all of its sets overnight. Like they had to do masters, masters edition releases for a lot of the older cards because you don't see uh, cards with the little sword for uh, Arabian Nights on there. They're masters edition cards or vintage mm-hmm. masters, or now like treasure chest cards. Yeah. So. Like they would have to do something like that to literally introduce the entire back catalog. Plus, remember, one of the main shortcomings, I guess you could call it, of Magic on Magic the Gathering Online or Mikko or Modo, depending on how when you started playing, is the fact that 
it has to account for the entirety of basically every card caveat with some exceptions being anti-cards, physical dexterity cards, whatever, um, or ones that just aren't online. It or ones that it are permanently to, bugged. It has to have them coded into the game. There are cards that you will never play that are bugged that you would never know about because nobody ever plays the card ever. Like flashback drafts are the perfect indicator of this because all of a sudden it's like, oh, that card literally does nothing because of the way rules interactions online are structured and coded we just remove that card from the packs because they yeah. can actually control pack distribution online when it comes to that kind of thing literally removing a card uh also look up the bug history of pen glacial worm oh god <laughs> for those who don't know pen glacial worm is like a seven mana six seven trample from cold snap uh, and you can cast it while you're searching your library Oh, God, that's all kinds of problems online. <laughs> yeah, it's never being fixed. Yeah, that's one of those, like, for a while there were actually times where I, the one of the mirrors, I can't remember which mirror it was. Uh, but the Was one it one of the mana mirror or one of the special mirror? One of the one special mirrors, like, it basically was cheaper. Oh, uh, Mirror Superion. Yeah, Mirror Superion, which for a while you could pay the It's Eldrazi a two-mana, like, 5-5? Five, five. It's could, like a two-mana 5-5? Five, five that you can only pay by making ma- by mana made by creatures. It's the only way to play it. Yeah, so there was some weird bug where, like, you could somehow was, use Eldrazi mana and it counted. Yeah, it was bizarre. Um, yeah, which is why Magic Online breaks easily, and there's, there's like, you know, assertions that it's built on, like, the joke is literally the scraps. Jo- the joke it's built on spaghetti. Yes. <laughs> but I, I do know people who work on it, who actually work like code the game? I know that who they are, and I've talked to them and talked about it, and they're like, "Yeah, it's just it's impo- it's next to impossible to properly code everything, like every single rules interaction on every single card ever, literally impossible." Yeah, and you can complain, "Oh, you can throw all the money in the world at it's like there's one or two cards that'll break an interaction that another card has, and you like if you want your game unplayable because of it having to search literally all these rules interactions then good luck but this is being built from current rules and i really hope it takes in, into account that new planeswalker damage redirection well they there was already a kind of it was sort of previewed when there was someone who played a uh, burning sun's avatar and it said deal three damage to target creature and deal three damage to target player or planeswalker yeah so we, I don't think, have you mentioned it yet? Uh, we have not mentioned it okay. um, because there's a new potential rule that starting soon, uh, re- direct damage spells will be reworded to, say, player or planeswalker, and they will be removing the planeswalker redirection rule because the planeswalker redirection rule is kind of weird because it says whenever you would deal damage to a player, you may choose to redirect that damage to a planeswalker that player controls. So, so currently, if I'm playing Ian and Ian has a Jace the Mind Sculptor, and I have a Lightning Bolt and I want to kill Jace, I have to say Lightning Bolt targeting you, redirect to Jace. Yeah, like the the perfect way to do it is if, if you play Magic Online, you just know about it already because when you attack, it'll ask you, do you want to attack the player or the Planeswalker? It's taking into account the redirection for you in that step. Uh, that's, this is this is not for attack. Well, I meant damage. Yeah, for damage, it'll ask you if you want to redirect it. Yeah, like my bad, the direct damage. Yeah, I I goofed. Uh, Yeah, whatever. Which is which is only relevant in some cases. For example, lightning bolt. If (laughs) 
for example, if I'm playing Ian and Ian has a Jace, but, Jace, but Ian also has a Leyline of Sanctity, which gives him Hexproof, I can't bolt his Jace. Now you can bolt the Jace. <laughs> Soon you can bolt the Jace. Um, oh, now, yeah. this is a fairly massive errata for quantity of cards. Literally anything targeting a player dealing direct damage. Yes. The interesting part's going to come into play when it deals with damage to each player. That's going to be the interesting case. Oh, honey. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, because that doesn't target. For example, uh, there's an 05 for two and a red in the current set that you can tap to ping, to ping each opponent. And when you ever play a pirate, you untap it. Uh, Thermo Alchemist? No, no, no. In no, 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 the no, 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 no. But I'm saying like we had Thermo Essentially Alchemist. Essentially Thermo Alchemist, yeah. yeah. But for pirates instead of instant sorceries. Pirate um, Alchemist. Uh, I think it's like Lightning Grig Runner. Yeah. Something along those lines. Yeah. It's a goblin pirate. But it's how does that get worded? Does that still only deal damage to players? Does it no longer deal damage to planeswalkers? Is like that's the big kind of question. Yeah, um, that's that's really gonna be weird because you could be like, I target it does one damage to each player, and now it means one damage to each player and each one of your planeswalkers. And if you're playing super friends in EDH, it's like I just got dealt like ten damage with a two mana card what the heck i mean it could also just be say you know deal one damage to each opponent um you may choose to have that damage be dealt to a planeswalker they control instead but up to up to one or up to to one planeswalker they control but it's it's gonna be weird it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out um honestly i'm i'm for this rules change because the planeswalker redirection rule is the rule that you can get people on like you can you can have it be like where someone has a like say you're playing a new player and they go ha here's my Gideon and I go cool lightning strike you um, does it resolve yes okay redirect the damage to Gideon and they're like what the what eh. yeah and the 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 big thing that Magic's been doing a lot which I which I applaud is getting rid of rules where one player feels like they're being cheated or one player feels like they're getting they're smarter than their opponent it, like making sure that making your opponent or thinking on another level than your opponent is fine. But, like, doing the gotcha stuff, like, in this case, target you with my bird spell, redirect to Jace, or target, or, you know, whatever, it's, it, is it the, benef- what they want to remove. Yeah, it benefits the enfranchised player more than the new player. And, like, wow, I completely just remembered. We didn't even talk about something that happened over the weekend. They announced a new logo design. I mean, I'm fine with it. No, 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 but I'm saying, like, they announced a new logo design. Like, they're trying to remarket and rebrand, like, and it shows that they're trying to make it way more accessible to new players. I think they're doing a good job. Like, a lot of yeah. a lot of people, a lot of things I saw on Twitter uh, in terms of the new logo is that people generally seem to, like, so when they showed it to their muggle, quote-unquote, or non-magic playing uh significant other now this is again women showing men or men showing women or men showing men or men women showing women whatever significant yeah, other your significant <laughs> other the the non-magic player in their life or even parents they were like i like the logo people yeah. on the whole seem to like the new logo the new newer like new not familiar with the game people seem to like the new logo as opposed to the old one i just have issues i personally only have issues with like I just think it's weird that the gathering does not extend all the way out under the card. Granted, it didn't do it on the other one either, but they had a bigger M, so it kind of shifted it over. I yeah. just it's just one of those weird like kerning quirks that it's just like <laughs> okay, kinda I get it, but still yeah. I like the new logo. I think it looks sleek. 
and also, like, yeah, it's supposed to get new people to the game because any game like Magic only exists by new people playing the game. If no one new joins, play, starts playing Magic, Magic will only decline. It will never advance. You have to get new people to play your game. And if a logo redesign and arena and whatever it is is going to do that, then that's fine. Yeah, the the main thing to think of that actually came up, I think, from this is that they had to basically say, we're not changing the backs of the cards. <laughs> I, I did like that joke. I, I did see that part live, and I was like, I appreciate that joke. Because mainly people are like, oh, well, the old logo is still on the card, but you're making a new logo. But if you change the back of the card, then if we play unsleeved or with clear sleeves, or if it was with less than fully opaque sleeves, we'd be able to tell. Kind of, it's... It's essentially the dual-faced card situation all over again, but... Yeah. It'll actually, yeah. a dual-faced card, it's literally the Arabian Nights card back situation. Yeah. For a new I generation. I mean, that said, there's always the, the people who will say they should just change the card back because they can, because most people use sleeves, and the answer is no. Not everyone uses sleeves, and yeah, 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 yeah. And also... We can rehash that argument a million times. Well, another thing, for those who didn't know, the Arabian Nights, which wanted the which is the first full, full-blown expansion that was ever released for Magic the Gathering, was supposed to have... The same design of the magic card backing, but pink instead of the tannish yellow mottled thing that it is. It looks weird. Just Google it. It was also supposed to say Magic Arabian Nights. Yeah. And then they just realized that the gathering kind of like the gathering was supposed to be like the base core set. And they're supposed to be like Magic Ice Age, Magic this and that. And no. Yeah. I'm happy they, ca- I'm happy a last minute. Like I was reading, what was it? Generation Dex. Apparently, yeah. they were going to do that, but one of the printers couldn't handle it or something <laughs> like that. I think it was like some like a last-minute change and and the fact that one of the printers that they had in Europe couldn't do it or something. Yeah. It's in a book. Great book, by the way. Pick it up. Um, but yeah, it was like some weird like quirk that just prevented it from happening, and everyone's happy that it didn't. Yeah. But, but anyways, I like the thing. Um, it that plus arena, everything's getting accessible to new players. I'm enjoying it. It's great. I think Magic's in a great spot and it's growing. Some people might be getting about it, but you know what? Whatever, man. Let's get new players in here. Magic's fun when more people play. Absolutely. All right. So, with that said, we're gonna go ahead and leave it for there, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. But first. Ian, if people wanted to find you on social media, where can they do so? You guys can find me on Twitter at DixonIJ, where I will be lamenting the loss of U.S. soccer for probably the next couple weeks now. I apologize in advance. I'm a huge sports fan. I mean, there's, fan. there's the Flyers. Dude, don't even, talk, don't even talk about the Flyers game last night. <laughs> All right, so last night, John's team, National Predators, came back to beat my team, who had come back from three-goal deficit. I don't know. It was a bad sports night for me. Anyway, you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash dicks. And I don't honestly know when I'll be able to stream again. Work is still kind of crazy with my schedule. There's new things going on. I'm kind of the boss of my section now. So settling in with that. But you can see me in chat. If you, can, if you see me in chat and the Magic channel or Loading Your Run channel or any other Magic stream or other stream on Twitch, just say hi. I'll be like, hey, cool. Nice to see you. John, bring me find you. You guys can find me on Twitter at jwiley129. And I'm on Twitch by the same handle. And recently... Um, I am a content creator for Newmont Gaming as for the Eternal card game. Uh, so you can find me there as well. Newmont Game. 
Yeah. Uh, if you want to reach the podcast directly, you can do so over on Twitter at Eyes in the Mize, or you can shoot us a email at eyesinthemize at gmail.com. And please give us your feedback. We would love to hear how we can best improve the podcast for you, our lovely listeners. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.